like looking back, he was probably a terrible coach, but no other dads would do it. You know, like nobody else volunteered to do it. So he's like, well, I'll do it then. And the thing about my dad is he's a traveling salesman. And in South Dakota, that means he's driving, you know, across half of the state to like meet up with clients and stuff. Twice a week, he would have to drive from wherever he was at working to whatever hodunk town my little league team was playing in just to coach us. Like after my dad uh, like was no longer the coach, I went from batting first to batting last <laughs> in like one season. But even though my dad wasn't coaching anymore, he still showed up to every single game. And my, my lesson, my takeaway from that is, is it doesn't matter if your kid bats first or last. What matters is that you're at the game. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Taylor Kalmus. Taylor is also known as Dude Dad, who is a Colorado-based video creator who has become a viral sensation through his comedic, family-focused content and expert do-it-yourself creativity. He is also a father of four and a husband to his wife, Heidi. Taylor taps into the relatability of parenthood in an effort to help other parents laugh at their own struggles. Today on the show, we discuss the biggest lesson he's learned from being a dad, how his childhood influenced his unique parenting style, what inspired him to start his Dude Dad YouTube channel, how he monitors screen time with his kids, budget-friendly DIY projects you can do to make things fun for your kids, how he deals with the ups and downs of parenting, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Taylor Kalmus to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. Um, I'm happy that you're here. Your content is super entertaining. I, I've laughed at so many of your videos um, in researching you over, over the last um, several days. And we're definitely going to get into like humor and how you balance that with with parenting. But you've got you got four kids now. You're married. You run a business. You have a massive platform. What have been, would you say, the biggest lessons that you've learned as a dad so far that have like shaped you? As a, as a parent? One of the biggest ones is just patience. Before you have kids and you're just like an uncle, you like are around kids and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, my kid, my kid would not act like that. They would not get away with that, right? And you have this sort of stick up your butt about like how other people are parenting. And then you become a parent and you're like, okay, you have got to give these creatures patience because they're not going to get it right the second or third or fourth time. And even if they get it right the fifth time, that doesn't mean they're going to get it right the sixth time. And if you don't practice some grace and some patience while continuing to like walk them through that, you're just going to drive yourself crazy as well as them, you know, because last thing I want to be is the guy that's constantly just reprimanding my kids because then that's all I am to them. It's just a, an authority, you know? And I, and me and my wife go through phases where we're like, I think we're yelling too much right now. Yeah, I feel like we're yelling too much. Let's, uh, let's focus on new strategies this week, you know? Um, or just sometimes just letting things fly a little bit, you know? Um, it's a slippery slope though. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Yeah. So patience, it seems like has been something that's been a big lesson of of yours that you've learned. And I think a lot of people struggle with it. A lot of parents, like you, you mentioned, they struggle with it when they first come into it. You know, what's been a specific moment in, in fatherhood that you can maybe point to that maybe um, was the catalyst for you to really pay more attention to practicing patience? One that sticks out is like my son, my seven-year-old, like never puts his seatbelt on. You, without a doubt, every time you get in the car, you have to ask him to do it, right? 
And he'll do it once you ask him to do it. But if you don't ask him to do it, he will not do it, right? So I did the old tap the brakes thing, you know, where I like just hit the brakes and send him into the back seat to show him like what that feels like and why he wants to have his seatbelt on. But he like hit his nose really hard, started crying. And that was like a big gut check for me of like, okay, you know, maybe he's, maybe he learned a lesson. Maybe he's going to remember now. Or maybe I just hurt my son when I could have just asked him again. Because he'll do it if I ask him, but you have to ask him. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I'm glad that that obviously helped, you know, you cultivate some level of parents as a, some level of patience as a, as a father. I know that your, your upbringing obviously was very instrumental in how you parent now and in, in your life. Talk a bit about like your upbringing and how you grew up and how that's influenced who you are today. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota, like super rural, not populated at all. Like the closest town was 800 people. Um, and I lived outside of that town on a little farmette kind of, uh, so, you know, there wasn't a lot to do. I mean, there was a lot to do, but you had to sort of make your own fun. Like there wasn't like arcades and movie theaters and, you know, other people, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I did have a brother. Um, so my brother and I did everything together. And as kids, we would build tree forts, shelter belt. And then as we got older, we started riding BMX and building our own ramps and learned how to use power tools and, before I graduated high school, we had a 40 foot by 40 foot bowl constructed out of wood that we made to ride our bikes in, um, just in my dad's cattle lot. We just kind of grew up with, uh, with parents that supported us and like didn't, they sort of taught us that like, uh, I don't know isn't an answer, you know? Like if you want to do something, you just figure out how to do it. You just go do it. Like you don't have to ask for permission or like, whatever you can just figure out how to do it and do it um so i think that's you know a lot of lot of what kind of shaped me but my mom really had that mentality that she would just and we saw her do it she just like oh i want to learn how to shoot archery and then she just you know get the equipment and start shooting archery and then like then she like uh was on a search and rescue dog team for a while and like taught german shepherds how to find people and then uh, she started painting houses for a while. And then she went to floral design school and got a degree in that. And then she was like, you know what? I'm going to open a coffee shop. So then she just opened a coffee shop, you know? Um, so we kind of grew up with a, a mom that just like set out to do something and did it. And I think that's, I think that's a lot of what shaped me. It seems like as a kid, you were pretty handy. You built stuff. You talked about like how you and your brother did a lot of that stuff together and your parents kind of left you to your own devices to like figure some things out. Right. And then you end up wanting to get into acting. You eventually end up moving to LA. So what made you decide to, to get into acting instead of going like a more, I guess, a more hands-on and a more into a more hands-on career? Um, I don't know. Like I just, uh, I've, I've always loved performing and I, I was able to do like a one semester program out in LA where I was able to kind of like leave South Dakota for the first time, see that Hollywood was a real place and that you could actually move there. And it's like, you could, you know, it was like a nice, easy way to kind of get into it and check it out. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just decided that uh, I was going to give that a try. Cause nobody told me I couldn't, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's really how I got into that. But you know, like it, it was pretty crazy when I think about it because growing up in South Dakota, nothing against South Dakota, but it's just, you know, it's so far from Hollywood and so different that it's not looked on as a real thing that you can actually do. If I look at all of the other theater majors that I went to college with and how many of them you know, actually do theater or acting now, you know, it's almost, it's just such a small percentage of us. And so you're in LA, you're pursuing acting, and then eventually that ends up like not working out. Like where did, like what was going on when you decided to pivot out of acting and where did you go from there? Well, okay. It did not work. Well, yeah. It just, uh, 
it wasn't consistent and and I was about to be a father. So I was like, and I actually, I didn't pivot out of it. I continued to pursue acting while we had our first kid, but I also started up this YouTube channel because I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work as much of a dreamer as I am. I'm also very practical and know that you, you know, you can't pursue acting if you don't have any money. So if you're not making a ton of money, you've got to make it somewhere. You know, there was a time where I was working several jobs and doing do dev videos and auditioning on a regular basis. And we had a one year old. So I was doing all of that. And then the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel really like started producing money. And that was when I was like, oh, I think I would rather just do this. It was like the moment that I was like, you know, working on a video and then I got an audition across town in Santa Monica. And I was like, I don't want to go to that because I don't know if I'm going to book that role, but I have this role right here that I created for myself that I could just stay here and do, you know? Um, and that was when I started like kind of, uh, pulling back from acting and not going to all my auditions and canceling some of them until finally my agent was like, which was the weirdest thing ever. She called me to tell me that they were dropping me. I'm like, don't call, just email. How awkward is that? You know, to get a phone call and it's like starts a little small talk of like, oh, hey, Taylor, how's it going? Baby good? Okay, cool. So we're going to let you go. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all right, thanks for calling. <laughs> you know, it all came full circle like a few years after that when she, somebody that wanted to hire me for a commercial because of my channel was trying to figure out how to get a hold of me. And they found something that said that I was with this agency. So they called that agency to be like, hey, we want to book Taylor on this commercial. Can you do that? And she's like, oh, yeah, let me get a hold of him. So then she has to call me up and like, oh, that's great. Can you forward me the details? <laughs> I'll have my people talk to him. <laughs> yeah, things always come back full circle, right? And I felt like everything's, things kind of work out in the way that they're supposed to. And like, so you mentioned that while you were acting and doing some other things, you started the, the channel. What specifically inspired you to start a channel focused on, you know, fatherhood and parenting and stuff like that? I mean, since ever since I was little, I always wanted to be a dad. I, I was like, my plan was always to get like married and have kids at 18 and just like start really young. I'm glad that didn't happen because I would not have been mentally developed enough or emotionally to handle that at all. Yeah, when once we got pregnant, you know, and I and I thought, you know, hey, I might need we might need to leave Los Angeles. I want to still have like a creative outlet. And I'd done a lot of videos and work in in the past making my own stuff. I was like, I want to start at something new that's all about fatherhood, you know, so I can be creative while being a father, you know. And I noticed that there was a lot of like content out there for moms, but there really wasn't any dad content yet so i was like this is kind of an untapped area i'm gonna try that and so i just kind of dove into it started making one video every single week and and it, it got it just got really good like reactions to it and it built slowly at first but like the uh, the small audience we had was very invested and really liked what we were doing so i don't know that was kind of like the first tipping point of like, I think there's something here. I think this is, I think this is something good. That's awesome, man. And I think, and I know from what I understand, there was like a, like a, another tipping point, I guess, in your story where I think you were working at like an apartment complex. And then all of a sudden, I think like the rug got pulled out from underneath of you and you really had to go all in. So if you could tell that story, I think my audience would really appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was really a, a cool point in uh in me and Heidi's journey together um through this whole thing because she's been with me through the whole thing but she was working like nonprofit when we first got married and I was working as an apartment manager which was awesome because it gave me a lot of freedom to do my own thing and then in between like fixing people's toilets and collecting the rent you know uh and I had that job for like five years and it was great and flexible and everything but then like the owner of the building, he passed away and his wife decided she was going to sell the building. 
so for like 60 days, we were just waiting to find out if this new owner was going to hire us. And finally, a dude showed up at our door once escrow closed and was like, all right, uh, you no longer have a job and you need to move away. You need to move out of here. And we're like, okay, when? He's like, tomorrow. So basically, like in the flip of a switch, I no longer had income or a place for my family to live which we pushed back on, we got some time extended there, but then, so we had to move and start paying rent and I had to start working. So I started working set construction because I've done construction in the past and I could make decent money doing that. So I was doing set construction three days a week, 12 hours a day, also auditioning every chance I got, also making a dude dad video every single week while trying to be a good father to my one-year-old and a good husband to my wife who we then found out was pregnant again. So now we got another one on the way and this is all just like uh, really starting to weigh on me. And I, I just was trying to do too much and I finally broke down to Heidi and I was like, I can't do all this, it's too much. I have to cut something out of my schedule. And without any hesitation, she looked at me and she said, you can't quit dude dad you have to keep going which was crazy because at the time it made us no money and it was just like my hobby but she saw the potential in it and she believed in me before i even fully did and sort of pushed me to keep going and that was all i needed i don't think i cut anything out of my schedule at that point i think i pulled back on acting some but like i really just needed her permission to keep pursuing this thing because I felt guilty for the time that it took away from all the other things that I, that I could have been focusing on. Like she could have very easily just been like, you need to get a job, go make some money, you know, support this family. But she didn't say that. She just, she knew that there was more to it and she didn't care if we were like sort of broke, you know, she's just like, keep doing that thing. It's good. Yeah. And now here, here we are. What is this? Probably like six years later from that moment. Um, it's not only my job and her job, but we also hired two of my best friends and a couple other people. So now it supports several families and, you know, reaches people all over the world. It's, inc it's incredible, man. It's, it's quite a journey. I'm, I'm super inspired and I think just from what I've seen, just from, from people that I know and just growing up, I've seen like, you, you know, a lot of parents that they either are like the super serious parent where they're super authoritarian, super authoritarian, author authoritative, and, or they're like trying to be their kids, like best friend. And there's no like nuance. And then that can in turn, like create some problems down the road. How have you um, been able to, to navigate that where you're like the cool dad having fun with your kids while also like holding them accountable when, when need be? Um, I don't know. I guess I've never thought about being in one camp or the other because you just kind of have, if you're going to do it for real, you kind of have to do both sides. I want to show my kids cool experiences and have fun with them and because I think that's how you really connect with them. But you also, you know, need to to raise them to be decent human beings, you know? So in my head, you really can't have one without the other, not to a, a very full extent, because you can only have so much fun if if you're not uh, uh, keeping them in line too. Yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have a very good example for that, but <laughs> I've never really thought about that too much. No, it's all good. I mean, I think, um, I guess just from what I've seen in, in, in the past with people, like I've just seen a lot of parents that they're either it's just hard for some parents to let go and have fun with their kids and then you have the other side where a lot of parents just have so much fun with their kids that they they aren't able to kind of be present with them to kind of help them become like a better version of themselves yeah i always say like the, i feel like the best way to parent is to lead by example right like like i want to be the man that i want my boys to turn into and my daughter to someday marry like if I'm doing that, that I feel like that's the, the best way to sort of keep your parenting on track. And I know one of the things that's been really helpful for you is like creating a lot of these great experiences and memories from them. What's been like an experience that you've created um, since being a parent for your kids that's been the most meaningful to you? 
That's a great question. I mean, we've just done so much stuff. It's hard to like pinpoint one that was like, oh, there was something. What was that? I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll talk about the roller coaster because that we just did that. It was such a unique experience. So I built a, a roller coaster in my backyard. It actually stems from our children's book. I wrote a, it's right there. I wrote a children's book, Dad and the Recycling Bin Roller Coaster. And it is kind of the story of this dad who goes a little bit overboard building stuff for his kids. Um, but then his kind of like learns the lesson in the end that it's not about, it's not about building this great big huge thing for them. It's about just spending time with them. But then like I showed my kids the book and they were like, that's awesome, dad, but you didn't build a roller coaster. <laughs> so I was like, challenge accepted. And so uh, we built the roller coaster in the backyard and it took took some time and the whole time it was like, I don't know if this thing's going to work. This is, you know, this, we might be putting all this work in for it to not ever get used because it doesn't work or it's not safe enough, you know, but we got it done, man. And it works awesome. And it's so much fun. And like to see not only my kids, but like all the neighborhood kids come over and we like put a little GoPro on the front of the cart to see everybody's faces as they're going down this thing it's just such a cool experience to see them experience the joys of a backyard roller coaster so what was the what was the cart what did you use for the cart it's a recycling bin that's so awesome it's literally a recycling bin just yeah and then you know it's got all the got like longboard wheels on the top and the sides of the rail piece that you actually sit in is just a beefy you know uh tote plastic tote that's so cool man that's like i'm, I'm kind of jealous that <laughs> of your creativity because that's that's freaking awesome man how have like I, I know that like one of the things that i would say that 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 one of the lessons that parents i think learn along the way is that they need to be they, they need to be more present with their kids they need to show up uh more i know you I think there was like a baseball example when you were a kid that really like shaped your um, view of being present with your, your kids. If you could share that, I think there'd be a lot of, there's a lot of value in that. Did you read my book? Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, thanks, man. Growing up, my dad coached my little league team, which my dad didn't know anything about baseball. Like he was, he was like, looking back, he was probably a terrible coach but no other dads would do it you know like nobody else volunteered to do it so he's like well i'll do it then and the thing about my dad is he's a traveling salesman and in south dakota that means he's driving you know across half of the state to like meet up with clients and stuff so twice a week he would have to drive from wherever he was at working to whatever hodunk town my little league team was playing in just to coach us and while he was coaching i always batted first right because i don't i think i was pretty quick when i was little like that but uh but eventually like a couple years went by our little town sort of merged with another little town to form like a super team and that was kind of the year that most of the other guys went through puberty and got like a foot and a half taller and i didn't <laughs> so I, like after my dad uh like was no longer the coach. I went from batting first to batting last <laughs> in like one season. But even though my dad wasn't coaching anymore, he still showed up to every single game. And my my lesson, my takeaway from that is, is it doesn't matter if your kid bats first or last. What matters is that you're at the game. It's powerful, man. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's. I'd always like. Anytime I talk about like stuff like that about my dad or my mom, I always get a little choked up because, you know, I think it, it has such a big, left such a big impression on me that I don't think I was able to comprehend until I became a dad myself. Then you start like really being able to see all of the sacrifice and everything that they did for you that you just took for granted when you were a kid. And so in what ways have you taken that experience that shaped you from your dad and like applied it to 
parenting now with your kids. I mean, you got four kids, you got a business, you got a wife, you got so much going on. Well, I can tell you next weekend, I will be coaching soccer and I don't know anything <laughs> about soccer. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, they, they kept saying how they couldn't, they couldn't get anybody to sign up. So I'm like, all right, well, you're getting me. So, but they're like, they're seven. I should be able to handle seven-year-old soccer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you're coaching soccer next weekend. Um, how do you, how, do you like schedule like like time with your, with your kids specifically to make sure that even though you have like such a hectic schedule throughout the week that you're at least able to get some like one-on-one -on -one time with them? Not like, uh, not necessarily scheduled, but we do kind of like, I acknowledge, like I can feel it when I haven't connected with one of them in a while or something. And we'll, we'll do like a, I'll try to get them one-on-one -on -one, because I think that's the best way to really connect with your kids, especially when you have four, there's just so much noise all the time that if you can get them one-on-one, -on -one, you can really like make a bigger impression on them. And they're also so much easier when there's one of them, because they're not like battling for your attention. Um, but I, I took my two older boys camping over the last weekend. So then I got home and, and my daughter got like really teary eyed when she found out I was going to be leaving for New York like the next day. So me and my wife were like, maybe she should just go with you. So I took my, my daughter to New York with me to go do the Today Show and she loved it. And it was, it was a lot of fun to just then her and I just got that time together. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's always been like something that I've liked to do is find ways to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with each of them so that they can each sort of feel seen and you can connect with them on sort of a deeper level than when they're all together. And you, you talked about like creating experiences with them to connect with them. You talked about like getting some, you know, intimate time with them to connect with them. I feel like a lot of parent, a lot of parents now like have a hard time like connecting with with their kids because there's been so much change in generations. Like a lot of parents now didn't grow up in a time of technology and social media and and everything like that, and their kids now are they're growing up in that era. Um, like other than the, the the time and putting in the time and the experiences, have you found any other like creative tips or tricks to be able to con connect and communicate with your kids? Yeah, I mean, it's for us, it's usually just kind of experience based or like trying to find like traditions or like things that we do on a regular basis that they can get excited about and they can sort of like lock into a core memory in a way, you know? So, like, it, it's kind of small things, but like, we every Wednesday morning, we all go to the chiropractor together and the kids know that if they behave and we get out in time, then we'll have time to go get a breakfast burrito and a donut. Um, so just like things like that, things that they can look forward to that we kind of do together as a family, you know, it's like Christmas traditions and stuff like that. Like we have, we're still trying to figure out ours because, you know, I remember my own from my own childhood and you're like, we need those things that, you know, that they'll lock in and be like, Oh yeah. You remember every Christmas when we would do X, you know, so we're trying to get that kind of sorted out too yet. But right now it's it's donuts every Wednesday morning. Donuts every Wednesday morning. I love that. Yeah. And obviously like parenting can be tough at times. There's a lot of challenges. There's times where kids are unhappy, kids are miserable, there's sleepless nights and stuff. Like how how do you find like humor and peace and grace like amidst times like that? Um, well, I mean, that's a lot of what we do in our content is we just try to laugh at it because if you don't laugh at it, you're just going to drive yourself nuts, you know, because it's the same story every day. You know, it's like the battle of getting out of the house in the morning, right? Like, oh, it frustrates me to no end for sure. But we also made like a really funny piece of content out of it because we know we're not the only ones. And when we make that piece of content, we know that other people will see that and be like, oh, I'm not alone. I also scream at my kids in the morning because they won't just put their dang shoes on, you know, or they, they decide to like get out the train set five minutes before we're supposed to leave, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, you just gotta, I don't know. I, we try to like, just try to find the humor in all of it and, and laugh through it. 
And so you mentioned like the story with your dad and, and, and baseball and how that shaped you. You've talked about your wife, like betting on you and believing in you and how that was very transformative. Do you have any, um, like a similar memory or experience that you can think of from something your mom did when you were a kid that, that really, you know, shaped you? Confidence, maintaining a clean diet, staying active and exercising discipline are key indicators of a healthy individual. The practice of discipline extends to various aspects of life, including sleep patterns, dietary choices, and overall body care. Embracing discipline not only yields short-term benefits, but also lays a strong foundation for long-term health. It is important to recognize that skin health is an integral part of this holistic approach and should not be disregarded. Fortunately, incorporating skincare into your daily routine can be effortless, and that's where Caldera Lab comes in. With their products clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab proudly stands as a leader in men's skincare. I'm a big fan of taking care of my skin and didn't realize I was only scratching the skincare surface by using store-bought products and getting a facial every few months. I'm a 35-year-old bachelor and spend a lot of time on camera, and I decided that I need to do an even better job at maintaining my healthy skin. After seeing many of my friends use Caldera Lab, I decided to try their top-notch products. Their formulas combine pharmaceutical-grade science with nature's purest and most potent ingredients and are simple to use. I've been using their regimen bundle twice a day and have already had several compliments about the difference in my skin. Caldera Lab's regimen routine begins with their clean slate, which is a balancing cleanser to get things started. Then I add their base layer, a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer to help hydrate my skin. Then I finish off with the good, which is their clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps my skin look and feel tighter and smoother. So if you want to upgrade your skin and confidence with products that use exceptional ingredients, head to calderalab.com and use my code DOUG to get 20% off. Again, head to calderalab.com and use my code DOUG to get 20% off. Be ready to experience a whole new level of health and skincare with Caldera Lab. Now back to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I talked about that a little bit earlier about just sort of who my mom is and I know how she just would figure out how to do whatever she wanted, you know, that did she just set out to do something and um and she's just kind of a jack of all traits like i made a i made a post about how she's uh the most interesting mom in the world you know like she should be like the dosecki's uh, <laughs> they like dosecki's mom um but uh i mean a, a story that i tell in my book about my mom is uh like i had i woke up one morning late you know like i was i woke up late I was grumpy, I was mad, I missed my bus to school. So now that means that my mom has to drive me to school the seven miles. And I was just pissed at the world. I don't know what I was upset upset about, but uh, I know I was being just a little turd for whatever reason. And we got into town and like we passed the turn to my school. And I'm like, oh no, she's, she's gonna go dump me in the lake, like, <laughs> you know? She instead took me to our local donut shop to get me a donut and a chocolate milk because she knew that like I was just in a bad place and that I needed something to kind of like turn my day around, you know, and I don't, I, I didn't deserve it, but like, I think she just knew that like giving me grace this morning was going to be better than yelling at me and sending me to school even more mad you know so instead she practiced grace and i was at least smart enough at that point to realize that i didn't deserve it so i instantly changed my attitude and uh yeah it's something i'll never forget so so i and it's just like one of the tools that you can have in your parenting toolbox that like sometimes you need to use the hammer right and you need to like bring down the authority and other times you need to use the level and kind of come down to their level and, and see what's going on. Is there any types of, I mean, like when you're, it's your seven-year-old, for instance, like when he's, when they're going through like a, when, when, when one of your kids, I should say, is going through like a hard time and they're clearly upset, they're not having a good day. Um, is there anything you might ask them to help get them to kind of open up and maybe share a little bit about what's bothering them or are you just pretty aware of, of that at this point yeah um i mean i feel like distracting them is usually like the best way out of a bad mood 
it's like finding something for them to go do or like take them fishing or something we got a little lake right near our place that we can go to um but just something to get them out of their funk because just telling them to doesn't work and sometimes they just need time to cool off you know sometimes it's best to not say anything and just let them let them be mad for a little bit and let them vent on their own and when they realize that they're not going to get attention that way that they, they start to come around so it seems like you know we talked about your mom and your dad and your, and your wife and how that's really helped inspire who you are and your channel what you do and you've been able to pay it forward and i would imagine that you've gotten a lot of feedback and comments from people about how you've how you've impacted them and changed their lives what's been like a meaningful message or comment that you've gotten from a dad that's really um, meant a lot to you yeah i mean we get those all the time and it's like it's really the fuel that keeps the whole thing going because you know just knowing that you're having that difference you know makes you realize that it's bigger than just you in the roller coaster video i talked about this like when i i was like kind of at my end of the rope on this thing i was like i don't know how i'm going to make this thing work it just it's not working yet and i went to home depot for like the fifth time that day to get more parts to hopefully get this thing to work and while i was there there was this dad with these two little kids and he came up to me and he he said hey man i just want to want to let you know that i love your videos and your content inspires me to be a better dad and he's showing telling me all these like halloween decorations they were building and stuff but that that i had influenced him to do that and that's like kind of when i realized that you know that project in particular wasn't just about a roller coaster in my backyard it was about like me accomplishing this as a dad so that so dads all over the world could see that and be inspired to do something themselves you know um when you look at it that way it's it becomes such a bigger goal than just like i'm gonna do this because i want to accomplish this and i think my kids would like this and it's not just about me and my kids anymore it's about it's about the, this whole community that we've kind of built that's incredible man and along those same lines I mean, you mentioned you, you get a lot of messages and that's what keeps you going. And I feel like parents are, they're having a hard time right now, like parenting kids, you know, throughout, through this, through today's society. Um, what are a few tips you might share just if, if somebody's listening to this and they're just really going through it and just things aren't working and there's tension in the house, like what kind of advice would you share? Oh man, if you're going through a rough patch, I think you just got to switch it up. You got to, you got to do something to kind of break from your whatever uh routine you're in and find something different you know and it might be might be a road trip a small old road trip somewhere or something just like get out of your element and do something different the worst days i have are the days where i never leave the house because we work from home and if you're just stuck inside the house all day not getting sun you can go a little crazy but the best way to to you know to kind of like combat that is to just go outside and go for a walk so with your family i think it's just sort of the bigger version of that just break out of that routine and try something different do something different surprise your kids um and and see what happens what do you do like on a daily or weekly basis to take care of yourself so that way you can show up and be the best parent possible right now it's wake surfing <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's my summer jam we we have a boat and me and the, the fellas try to get out once a week to just get on the wave and forget about everything else for a little bit. Cause when you're wake surfing, you can't stress about anything else. You can't be mad at anything. You're just on the water, on the board, on the water. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome distraction. So any kind of distraction you can get from, you know, your daily grind to just, uh, just kind of like get away for a minute, I think is, is super vital. You know, if you can, if you can find the time, you know, if you can't, if you don't have time, you gotta, you gotta find something, you know, so you don't just burn out. For sure. And, and it seems like one of the other things that's really helped you keep things fresh with your family and your kids is like, is building things and creating experiences. And obviously um, you, you, you brought up the roller coaster and I know that wasn't necessarily like your first thing. What would be like a few, maybe like one or two like starter 
um, things that maybe if the parents listening to this and they want to build something cool for their kids, like what would you recommend? Uh, it depends on how old the kids are. Um, but one project that we did that uh, they can look up that they can do um, is we did like a, a giant Hot Wheels track and we literally just used like corrugated plastic roofing and, and made like a four lane track. Um, but that's super easy and you can make it really tall. We had to go off the top of our garage for my two-year-old's birthday party. There's that. We just did another event yesterday uh, for a local charity here. There's a cardboard boat race. These are actual boats that you ride in, but they're made out of cardboard. Um, and there's all kinds of different videos of that online of like how to build a cardboard boat. But that's a super fun one. Costs next to nothing. You just need a cardboard and a whole bunch of glue. Super fun though to get out there, you know, with your kids in this cardboard boat and, you know, see how long it'll last before you start sinking or tip over. Yeah, that's a fun one. And anybody can do that. That sounds awesome. That sounds like something that, yeah, you're right, that anybody could do. It's super affordable. It probably doesn't take too much time. And I'm sure the kids will really, really like it. I mean, just because, I mean, I'm sure you're spending time with them when you're building it and your kids are watching you do it. And they just, they gain so much respect and like love for you when you do that. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Just a lot of laughter, you know, wet cardboard. I know a lot of parents, they, when they look at like the success of their kids, it comes down to, in some ways, like grades, it comes down to success in sports, it comes down to uh, maybe what they're doing in a church group or a club or something. Um, and I know that you, you see like, you see it a little bit differently than that with the way that you parent your kids. Like what, how do you kind of gauge success as a, as a parent with your kids? Um, I would say how they treat others and their confidence right like i want my kids to to know that they can they can try anything you know they might not be good at everything and that's okay but i want them to have the courage to be able to try anything and if they want to do something to go for it you know those are i think the two big things you know if if you're if you have the tenacity to go for it and you're good to people i think that's the I think those are the two big things for me. Is there anything that's that's worked with like one when one of your kids like isn't is is feeling scared of doing something or isn't feeling confident with with doing something that's that's helped them get through that? I'm still trying to figure that out. Like my oldest son will he he'll just go for it. He's he's a go-getter. He'll do it that way. He's very independent. You know, but he's the one that sort of maybe needs a little bit more help on like how he treats people, right? where my daughter is a sweetheart. We're like, socially, she's gonna be just fine. She's everybody's best friend. Um, but she says, I can't a lot. I can't, I can't, I can't. So she's the one I'm kind of working on that with and trying to figure out how to like give her more confidence and like not be scared. So I don't know yet, I'm figuring that out. I mean, they're only seven and five. And then the two-year-old is just adorable and the baby is also adorable, <laughs> you know? It's so true, right? I think like a lot of times like when you think like you can't have like you can't have everything, right? It's like you're always going to be working on something in your life and I think that's an important lesson to learn too. That's the beauty of four kids too is every single one of them requires different parenting and every single one of them has different challenges that that you have to help them walk through, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any I know your kids are young and likely I would assume, you know, not really using social media, you know, at least a lot right now. Um, obviously it's a concern with parents now. Do you have any kind of view on, um, navigating social media with your kids or when the time comes? No idea. I mean, yeah, no, they don't have any of that yet. I know there's a lot of different like apps and programs and stuff you can use to kind of monitor what they're doing and, and, uh, and keep them safe. No, I don't know. We're, we're, we're right now. We're just at the point of monitoring how like we put them on our social, you know, so far they're young enough that it hasn't really been a thing, but every once in a while they'll come home and they'll say something like, Oh, Hey, I was talking to one of my friends and he said that your videos suck <laughs> you know? or, 
Um, that happens occasionally, but uh, for the most part, it's all been very positive thus far. So, so I know we've we've, we've touched on like a lot of themes of your of your story, and we've talked about like what's shaped you as a parent and what what's been what's meant a lot to your audience as far as like paying it forward and, and stuff like that and inspiring your audience to, to be a better dad what what do you think a lot of what do you think a lot of parents are struggling with right now like, like what's a common theme where people comment on a video and they're like hey this really helped me do this or hey like what's your thoughts on this uh maybe screen time you know i think it's really tough for uh us millennial parents because we're sort of the first generation to like have screens with us at all times, you know, you know, so we've started doing a lot of our work and stuff on there and our kids see that. And then, you know, the kids want in on that and you like let them play a couple of games and then they get addicted. And then you realize that their behavior, you know, has a huge downfall the more time they're on screens. It's just like very easy to see screen time equals, disciplinary issues you know so i think that's one thing that our generation is going to struggle with a lot is figuring out how to navigate screen time because it's also really easy it's like hey i need this kid to just chill out and do their own thing for an hour here's an ipad you know one hour turns into two hours and then you go to get them off of it and it is hell i think that's the one thing a lot of people are struggling with we haven't made a video about that yet i'm starting to realize because you asked this question that we should. If your kids were just knowing how your parenting style is now between you and Heidi and how you handle things now. And if your kids were, you know, spending a lot of time on a screen, like what do you think you would do to, to help mitigate that? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out right now. My seven year old loves screen time. And so it's this constant battle of like, just trying to limit it and but also like set his expectations because if he doesn't get it then he is just asking for it constantly because he really likes it he really enjoys that time but we have to just like we're trying to set like really good boundaries for when screen time happens and when screen time's over so that he has expectations because the worst thing you can do with a kid his age is like blindside them if you're like, oh yeah, you can play after school today. And then he gets home from school and you're like, no, not today, buddy. Like that's going to set him off, you know? Um, so just trying to establish like clear expectations so that, uh, so that he knows what to expect. But then it also becomes like the uh, incentive for everything else where you're just like, oh, you want screen time today? Better finish that broccoli, you know, like. You want screen time today? Better take out the trash. That's awesome. I mean, I love how you've kind of like turned that negative into a positive and not created it. Something negative is a way to like for like some positive reinforcement for your kids. It's like, hey, go do all these chores. And then, you know, and he's in that mode too. You're like, what, what do I, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Let's do it. Let's do it. Like, all right. Well, so at least you're like teaching that like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like reward system or the uh kind of what the world like revolves around or like you're teaching him uh what do you call it uh capitalism <laughs> it's like hey you do this you get that like now everybody gets that you get that if you do this do you, has he has the seven-year-old like mentioned anything to you about like well you're on your phone a lot like if you thought about that yeah yeah he's he said that before and he's right you know, and that's where it's tough. But the the difference is, is I'm not, I'm not playing Minecraft, you know, I'm trying to earn our family a living, you know, like, but he didn't get that yet. That doesn't make sense to him. So you, you have to be more intentional about like using devices in front of them. Like it's one thing if like, you know, I'm just getting something finished, but if I'm just sitting there scrolling, I mean, that's clearly not a good example to be setting.
So, so you just touched on like how that's like going to be like a future video and you've created a lot of content and experiences for your kids. Like what's next as you're looking out into the end of 2023, 2024, is there an experience you want to make with your, with, or you want to uh, make with your kids? Is there a trip you want to take with your family? Is there a video that you want to get out there? Like what do you see in the future for you that that's going to be impactful? As a family, yeah, we've got a few trips planned this year. We're going to go camping with a baby. So that'll be interesting. I'm trying to get my kids to learn how to kneeboard this year, the two older ones. Maybe just the oldest, we'll see. Um, so that's kind of like a goal that I'm excited about teaching them and getting them like into water sports a little bit. As uh, creatively, my wife and I did like a comedy tour recently, beginning of this year, and we want to do more of that. We had a lot of fun with it, but uh, just trying to figure out how. With four kids, how do you go on tour do we take them all with us on a big old bus do we just do weekends and we get like a like a my mom to come out and watch them on the weekends or something or like how do we feasibly make that work in a way that's going to impact the kids the least amount you know and it might just mean that we have to hold off on that for a while i don't know now will the comedy be just an extension of what you're doing with with dude dad or will, will it be like a completely different focus it's pretty much, you know, it's like if you come to the comedy show, you're going to get, you know, what you would expect based on the videos. You know, we can take it a little bit further because it's all 18 and older. Um, so it's really just parent driven and, you know, relationship driven. We did 13 shows at the beginning of this year and we just had an absolute blast doing it. We'd like to do more of it because it's so much fun. And so it's just it's such a different experience to like get instant feedback from the audience and get to meet your audience where you know online you just like post something up that you're like i think this is fun and then you get like comments and stuff but you don't get to like see people's faces you know you don't get to hear people laugh last question i have for you is this is um what's the best piece of parenting advice that you've ever received Ooh, oh you know what i heard something the other day that was really good it was like anytime you're in a bad moment as a parent where like, you know, your kid's just being however, or you're just, anytime you're just having a tough time as a parent, imagine yourself 20 years in the future and how in 20 years you would give anything to go back and be in that moment again, no matter how bratty your kid was being at the time or whatever, because you would just want to experience them at that age again. That's awesome, man. Super meaningful and a great way to kind of shift the narrative when you're going through hard times. So um, Taylor, I wanted to thank you for your, for your time, for your vulnerability, for sharing everything that you did. I enjoyed the conversation. I think my audience is going to as well. Obviously do dads everywhere, but if people want to connect with you further, where's the best place to do that? Oh, just, I mean, just search dude, dad on every social platform. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Doug. It was a great conversation. Of course, man. It was an awesome conversation. Thanks again for your, for your time. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. We covered so much about Taylor's story, his childhood, parenting. We talked about fatherhood, creating experiences, things you can build. We talked about the roller coaster. We talked about parenting tips, how he navigates all of that. We covered so much. So what I invite you to do is to share your biggest takeaway and tag Taylor and tag myself because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.